Immersive experiences are high-level marketing, but they are not as new as you might think. Join us today as we discuss stepping into your brand's world on Straight Shot Marketing Podcast. Welcome to Straight Shot. Marketing is everywhere. It's around your life. From what you eat to what you wear and where you go. It is a vital part of any and all business. Let's discuss the world of marketing and business as it influences everyday life with the staff of Atlanta Marketing Agency, Reformation Productions, and guests as they give it to us straight. Get ready. Take aim. Steady. Welcome to Straight Shot. Welcome, Straight Shooters. We have a guest with us today, and she has a super cool name. It's fun to say. Her name is Miss Lisa Lacey, and Miss Lisa Lacey is from Joyful Journeys. She owns a travel, a local travel agency. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. It's good to be here. You do have a super fun name to say. I'm married into that one. It's a Lisa Lacey from Joyful Journeys. I would, I would answer the phone that way all the time. Can I answer the phone that way? Sure. <laughs> I'm sure Zachary would not appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Well, I am in LJ, Georgia, where I own Joyful Journeys, which is a boutique agency. We're small. We focus on excellent customer service. Um, our real focus for our travel is with vacations, family vacations, couples vacations, uh, small group vacations. And we recognize that your vacation is very important to you and to your quality of life. People look forward to it all year long. That's right. And this year more than ever. Um, but we also recognize that your uh, time and your money are precious and that you may have a list of needs or wants for your vacation that are different from those of your neighbors. So we try to listen and we put to our expertise and our connections in the industry to work to plan a vacation that is just delightful and just perfect for you. That sounds so great. A vacation would be so great right now. We just went on vacation. We went on a work vacation, which is a little <laughs> yes. different. And we're going to talk about it today. Yes, we actually, during our vacation, we went to Universal Studios. Well, and, don't tell and everybody yet. Filmed a bunch of stuff for this episode. Well, thank you very much You're for coming welcome. all the way out this way to join us today. Your input will certainly be valuable as we discussed immersive experiences. Before I forget, please take a moment to like this episode. And if you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe. You can also connect with us on social media. We are on YouTube, Instagram, and the Facebooks. And the podcast is distributed through several podcast apps, including our own. So subscribe within those as well. Anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. That's Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Well, now a lot of you might be saying, What? What is an immersive experience? What is it? So, Zachary, let's start there. What is an immersive experience? Uh, well, there are a lot of different definitions, but for me, it's being able to be present in a fictional or non-physical world. Um, you know, how you would be immersed in another world via a book. You know, your mind's eye kind of takes you there. 
Uh, well, these immersive experiences are similar, but not in your imagination. They're, this is, you know, physically being in that other world. Well, that sounds awesome, right? Yeah. Well, we are going to explore these from a marketing perspective because most of them are brand related. Now, before we dive into examples, know that you must have a well-developed brand to do one of these. The brand is the draw. The brand is what makes it possible. Being able to do one of these immersive experiences should be a goal for your brand's success. Now, we are only going to scratch the surface of this topic today, but to better explain how these experiences are used in marketing, Zachary, I think you are going to need to give some other types of immersive experiences so that we have context for what we're talking about. Okay, so let's first talk about brand-related experiences that aren't really immersive experiences so that we can kind of see the difference. I call these brand experiences more than immersive experiences, though you are completely immersed in a world created by the brand. Okay. Okay. I'll explain it. Yeah. It's not quite the same as making a way to experience a world that exists outside of your location. It's okay. Just let me, just let me give you some examples. Okay. Uh, the world of Coke. Right. Okay, here in Atlanta, Georgia. The world of Coke is like a kid-friendly, um, entertaining, brand-centric museum. We love it. It's yeah. great. But there are no rides, no true immersive experience activities within the world of Coke. But you are surrounded by the brand look and feel, the messaging, and the positioning the history of the company, and its various marketing efforts throughout the years that they've been in existence. Now, the best part, in my opinion, in your opinion. is the tasting room. Of course. Where you can sample from all the multitude of Coca-Cola products from all over the planet. It truly is a celebration and a showcase of the impact that this brand has had on our world. It is great for fans of Coca-Cola, but... It's not stepping into a world. It's being surrounded by a brand. So that's kind of what makes it different. Right. And this is a lot like the Harley Museum. Yes. The Harley Museum is the same mm-hmm. way. We actually did a, uh, a series, a straight shot series mm-hmm. on the Harley Brothers and the Harley Davidson motorcycles. And we also took a little company field trip up yeah. to Milwaukee, Wisconsin and yeah. saw the Harley Davidson Museum and it's very much the same type of thing as World of Coke. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it is. Now, if you want to see uh we actually did a video uh when we were at the Harley Davidson Museum. Uh it's available on our Patreon page and as a bonus feature for those of you that download the app. It's not available um as a normal podcast episode, but uh we do have it. Check it out if you are interested in Harley Davidson and want to see what that museum looks like? Yeah, because I think there's so much more to the culture of Harley Davidson that maybe could have been more of an immersive experience, but but for all intent and purposes, this was a museum celebrating the beginning of how the yeah, brand a, started, just like Coca Cola. Yeah, it was a brand um, brand centric history museum where you kind of walk through everything that they made and that sort of. Now, back to what you were saying with World of Coca-Cola, we did an entire series on the lessons yes, of Coca-Cola we did one on them as, well. as well, right? So if you'd like, uh, if you like Coke 
or if you appreciate their success, look back at all those episodes on our app or our YouTube channel or our website. Yeah, that that was not a bonus feature. Yeah, that one's uh, just there. straight up a, a series that we Everybody did. Everybody can enjoy that um, one. Yep. So uh, another example of these brand surrounding things is Hershey Park. Now, Hershey Park was created by the chocolate company for their employees, customers, and their local community. Now, it started off as a park, and now it's a full-blown amusement park as opposed to a park park. So now it has, you know, roller coasters and water slides. Is everything made of chocolate? Not everything. Some things are. <laughs> they do have I've actually never heard of this until today. Really? You don't, I've you've never, never heard, heard of Hershey Park. Oh, it's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Well, um, we'll that's we'll, clever. We'll play some clips so people can see it. Isn't there a um, song that says, down in Hershey Park? No, that's not. That's no, that's not Hershey Park. Okay. <laughs> that's You're talking about uh, the Scorpions, and they're talking about Gorky Park. Oh, right, right, Which right, is right. not even in this continent. No, uh-uh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Hershey does have uh, an immersive experience activity within the park, same as you might see at an expo, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But it's more of a Hershey-themed amusement park where you're surrounded by the brand, but you're not really stepping into another world. Now, there are a lot of things now that have nothing to do with Hershey at all at this park. It's the theme, but it's everything is that's in there is not Hershey. So it's not truly a Im- immersive, totally immersive experience by our definition. And I'm not sure it truly belongs on this list, but I thought it was worth mentioning because it is, you know, a valiant, self-initiated, proactive effort for the business and for uh, the brand itself. Have you ever planned a trip for Hershey Park or any places like that? I know people go there um because of the Hershey brand. Yes. And they love the fact that they get a little Hershey candy bar on their pillow at night if they stay at the resort. <laughs> I'm done. And, I'm sold. Let's you know, go. And visiting the factory and going to the, the huge Hershey-themed stores. So, yes, those are uh, often on people's um, lists. They may – and there's, um, you know, there's Sesame Street uh themed parks and there are oh, even cool. sesame street like you're probably familiar with the sandals brand the beaches brand which is the family arm of um of that you know of sandals has a connection with has a connection with sesame street mm-hmm. so you have uh children that are of that age that thoroughly enjoy getting to meet the the big bird big bird have cook, make cookies I mean, with cookie monster who doesn't so want that's to another level of um you know of that immersion down at hershey park <laughs> listening to the winds of change okay <laughs> now that was lovely by the way we just duetted that was very lovely uh now the next category is not quite an immersive experience either but it's pretty close yeah the next um well You've, you've heard of or seen, I'm sure, brand-themed restaurants. Oh, yes. I used to work at one 100 years ago. Yeah. 
These are, are similar to an immersive experience in that you are surrounded by a brand, just like in World of Coke. But again, you're not really stepping into another world. You're stepping. You're being surrounded by, um, you know, by, by a brand. Yeah. So um, once you step into the restaurant, the brand is showcased everywhere in every place that they could think of. Now, uh, an example of one of these. Uh, there's a chain of restaurants in Florida. Uh, and also in a few other states, uh, I believe, um, Michigan, Indiana. Uh, anyway, uh, they're called Ford's Garage. So if you live close enough, Michigan, Indiana, or Florida, you can go see one of these. Uh, it is a brand-themed restaurant that is centered around, you guessed it, the Ford <laughs> Motor Company. Now, all of the decor in the restaurant, inside and out, showcases the Ford Brand. There's Model T's outside. There's napkins the, that are uh, mechanics rags that are held together by a hose clamp. Uh, the servers are all wearing, you know, a mechanics coveralls. Uh, they have a, uh, a funnel tower of jumbo piston onion rings that comes out to you on a funnel. Uh, so, and they also have lot, lots and lots of merch for sale. Yeah. And it's good eating too. And I must say the cleanest garage I've ever eaten in. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's immersive to an extent, uh, but Ford isn't a world, right? No. Uh, you, you're definitely surrounded by the brand and in that, in and of itself, it's the main attraction to the restaurant. And it isn't owned by Ford, is it? No. Ford licensed the brand to the small business owners. Now, you too could create a brand-themed restaurant. All you need is the ability and the permission to license the brand for your purposes. That's right. Uh, this was a small business owner that decided to do this, approached Ford, and Ford said yes for a slice of the pie. I would think um, uh, like Margaritaville's. Some of the Jimmy Buffett themed restaurants. Uh, they, I think he they actually skirt. he actually started those, but mm -hmm. yeah, now they're franchised. Yeah, and I think those skirt the edge of being quite immersive in that you, it's not, you're on island time, and yep. they try yep. to really basically give you a world to walk into. Exactly, exactly. Now it's a real world, kind of. I mean, it's kind of fictional. It's not the world <laughs> I live in. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, that is more akin to uh, a brand experience, more than just a, a Jimmy Buffett brand uh, experience. It's kind of that one's kind of both. So uh, yeah, that one yeah. basically skirts the edge of it. So that's pretty. cool. Lisa, do you plan entire trips that might include them attending certain restaurants that are brand specific? We do have the capability of doing that. We that's not our real niche, but there have been times when people are very interested in visiting Guy Fieri restaurants oh, or yeah. they want to um, make a trip for Ray Drummond or, you know, someone that they have connected with on the Food Network or on HGTV with, you know, Magnolia and Chip and Joanna Gaines. So there is definitely a need for that and a, a niche for that. Um, also for just culinary in general, going to Italy and doing wineries oh, and cooking yeah. schools and that kind of thing. So yes, um, those are you know, definitely things that we can do and that we are capable of doing. Um, just, just not a huge demand it, for it. Well, that's not our niche. Gotcha. So. 
Gotcha. And you will find with um, with our theme park vacations, especially if you're looking at the other side of town where Walt Disney World has so much to offer in the way of character dining, uh, different in Epcot, different um, cuisines from around the world, the and the Food and Wine Festival, which is uh, very popular at Epcot. Really? Um, people do plan culinary trips just you know, just to eat their way around the World Showcase or just to eat their way, try new restaurants every night. So yes, that is part of our vacation planning. But typically for us, it is a matter of being part of the vacation, not the full focus of the vacation as far as the culinary goes. I like the eat their way around the world. It's my favorite thing to do at Epcot. You know, it's funny though, because people that are crazy about food are crazy about food. You know, people that are watching Food Network, you also touched on HGTV. Those like home improvement folks are also pretty diehard. But I know that my best friend is a foodie. And so she would be one of those people that, oh, she knows people that are on the Food Network. She would probably have an entire vacation surrounded by one of those. Resorts and even cruise lines now are um, making a connection with those celebrity chefs because that um, will inspire someone often to, even if they're not planning to spend their full vacation at that resort, they may make a couple of nights there at the resort just to have the opportunity to eat at that particular restaurant or to meet the chef if he happens to be in in house. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Um, Now, after these, you have theme festivals and exhibits. Now, these are immersive experiences, but they're not necessarily related to brands. So the uh, Renaissance Festival or Renfest, Ren Fair, there's lots of these. They take you back into a time of kings and queens and knights and wenches. Uh, oh, and beer wench. Is, <laughs> that is an immersive experience, although it's not brand specific. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, taking you back in time. But they're also taking you back into legend and fairy tale and things that don't really exist. But it's all about... Um, you know, being put into this world that is is not here. You know, I think that's a, a huge part of, of the immersive experience is diving into it, paying to be in a world that you can't be in otherwise, you know. And how many times have you guys ever, I'm, I'm assuming, Lisa, you've been to Renaissance Fair. Yes. Right. How many times have we been to a Ren Fair where somebody is waiting on you and they're speaking in a normal accent and it just looks like a teenage kid wearing a corset or wearing a doublet and they're like, what do you need? What do you want? And it's really... Eh. It breaks the experience. But, but they take on yes, the personality and the you, character. If you get that one who is like, hello, what are you having? And you're like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so great. But that 50-50 gamble is the difference between a, uh, is the difference between a Disney ticket <laughs> And a Renaissance Fair ticket. True. You roll the dice on that one. But yeah. And then there was the Highland Games, which is like the Scottish Scottish festivals. And oh, there's tons of them. And you can actually go to a festival in the country that they're hosting. It's cool. Not just here. And then you also have places um, like Williamsburg, Virginia. Now, Williamsburg, Virginia is an old world colonial town where you can kind of step back in history. Have you ever been to Williamsburg? I have not. Um, yeah, I'm an uncultured swine. Well, the, it's, it's just like Renfest where you have all these characters playing different parts. It's the same thing, only it's it's back in you know colonial days. When I was in grade school, we went there on a field trip for school. 
and uh, we got to you know really see what we were learning about in our in our books, which is a great um, use of you know this type of experience. It's not so much a commercialized immersive experience, but it's a historical immersive experience. So there are, you know, there are all kinds of things like that. Plus, I think the more we, we have a huge demand for immersive experiences, but a lot of those are for um, wanting to go and experience the culture of a different country like if they're going to france they want they don't want to just visit the louvre and they don't want to just go to normandy but they want to get out and meet the people and they cuba was a great example of this when when um travel was open to cuba most of the people that were able to go to visit there were on uh cultural exchange type programs where they were you know, meeting, meeting the people, seeing what life is like. A lot of, there are multiple tour companies that really focus on offering those experiences so that if you go to um, Machu Picchu, you can not only visit there, but you can also visit a farm. You can see the people you can eat in someone's home. So those immersive experiences are certainly in demand even outside of the theme parks. Yeah, that's being immersed in a, in a, in a culture. And uh, you made me think of something else. People that go on safari. Correct. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's... My, yeah, my best friend, uh, her her favorite trip, she, they go on a lot of trips. Mm-hmm. They have no children. And they have disposable income. Yes. Bless her heart. Anyway. <laughs> I thought those two things go together. <laughs> Anyways. But she, uh, her and her husband go on safari. They go to down to South Africa, mm-hmm. and they stay on a farm. They stay on a beautiful conservation farm farm so there's tons of animals that just roam free that they get to see on a regular basis they also go outside of the conservation farm and you know her husband likes to hunt so they'll go small game hunting things like that legal hunting they only drink the local wine they only eat the local food that they catch and that they kill or the people in their party have killed and so uh because they wanted the south african feel they wanted that and she fell in love with south africa and not fell in love with the touristy side but the country itself and the people there it's great she loves it another example closer to home would be going to a ranch out west for cowboy camp Ooh, like a dude ranch type ranch no 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 what's the movie uh, Billy Crystal. City Slickers. City Slickers. City Slickers. Could do a City Slickers reenactment. <laughs> I, okay, I would like our listening slash viewing audience to think of Zachary, B. Zachary Bennett at a dude ranch no, no. with a pair of Wrangler jeans on, some, some shit over, kickers, and a 10-gallon t- hat. Yeah. Am I allowed to say fish kickers? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> picture Zachary in boots and a cowboy hat. He's no fun. You can also see immersive museum exhibits like the Van Gogh Live, where you Ooh. can walk into a famous Van Gogh painting. So what they've done with this is they've kind of made, uh, you've seen the painting, well, they've made it 3D, where you can walk walk into a room that is the painting. So you are immersed in the canvas if you will so it's an immersive experience as well it's just not um you know brand related which is corporate america what we normally think right about with, it's not commercial marketing. at all yeah. 
So how can businesses use these examples? Well, you can create an immersive experience like these from anything. And this could be an attraction to your business because that's the whole reason that they do it is to drive people, you know, bring people to them. Even if it was just a certain time of year, uh, not necessarily all year round, you know, you could have a Harry Potter event or stage a film set in your store for a limited amount of time. Anything that will draw in customers and allow them to immerse themselves in another world for a period of time. Um, it's kind of like when you see around Halloween where you have theme parties, same sort of thing. Have a theme party that's surrounded by a certain brand that will draw people into your store, restaurant, whatever. Just some ideas to get the brain working. But I would say that they need to be done well. Like very well. Yeah, you don't want to be known as trash. Yeah, otherwise <laughs> you get the reputation of having a lame event or staging mm -hmm. rather than attracting people you know, to your business. You want to put a good taste in there. Yeah, the, it, it would basically do the opposite. Instead of making people talk about, hey, have you seen this cool thing over at XYZ store? It would be, oh my God, did you see what they tried to do? It's so bad. And that you don't want. And make it relate to your business somehow. Would you agree with that? Or do, oh, you, do that, you think that, that it, that's best? Yes. I mean, absolutely. if your if your product or service or something is completely unrelated to this, it's not. There's not going to be a good parallel right. there for customers. They're not going to come in and, and kind of like understand why you're why right. you're doing this. But if it's a, a a really good connection, the product, the brand, the movie, whatever it is you're doing, then then that. That would be good. Right, right. For example, far far fetched example. If you are a blacksmith, mm. you could have a Vikings Day, Vikings weekend, because blacksmiths, Vikings, it makes sense, right? If you're a toy store and you have, you know, the new Spider Man movies coming out, you can have about you know, see so find things that that tie in that you can do. Please um, have permission. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the other thing is you have to make sure that you're not going to be infringing on uh, rights where the owner of these brands is going to want to come after you. Now, most of them, um, you're selling them too, so most of them will be will be fine. All right. So next, we start to have true immersive experiences for brands, and the most simplest form that has become very common in recent years is called the pop-up experience. Yeah. Now, uh, you guys have seen or at least heard of these before. They are temporary events that are based around a specific brand. Often they'll go on tour, pop up in different cities on a promotional tour of sorts uh, for whatever the brand is. Um, let's Well, let's talk examples. Uh, Stranger Things the Netflix TV show, promoted season three by hosting multiple big budget pop-up experiences around the world. So you bought a ticket to go. Uh, so it's, it's not like this is only promotional. It makes, you know, revenue too that helps pay for it. So, uh, you, you know, they you, you bought a ticket, you traveled to wherever it was being hosted. In LA, it was in several different locations around the city. So people would go from place to place throughout cool. the week. Um, and once you entered, you could walk into the world of Stranger Things. So you could order ice cream from Ships Ahoy and you could shop the Starcourt Mall and sit mm. on uh, Winona Ryder's couch and, and so many things uh, like that. It was a really cool um, experience that they built. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time, uh, just from my experience, these pop-ups will be advertised in social media. 
Yeah. So I know that I found and out PR. about... PR. A lot of it happens via PR too. Right. There, there are all these pop-ups and they end up coming up with like little ads that you see in your news feed on social media. That's usually how I figured out about these things because a lot of the times they kind of spring on you. Yeah. You don't know they're coming until they're well, they, here. Well, they also encourage uh, people that are participating to use their phones. Mm-hmm. So they want you to record they vlogs. They want pictures. you to take pictures so that you can then uh, take those and spread word that it, it that it exists. Right, right. Now, if you are watching us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, straightshot.net, or our app, we are showing video of what it lo- of what these uh, immersive experiences and pop-ups look like so that you really get an idea of what all these experiences are like, just so you know. Stranger Things was done particularly well. It's particularly in- impressive. Um, they co-branded with Coca-Cola um, and gave out a limited run of New Coke. Now, New Coke, if you, especially if you followed our series on Coca-Cola, is not available anymore. But because the show was set in the 80s, Coca-Cola remade a run of New Coke that they gave out at these pop-up events for Stranger Things. They also had uh, you know, scavenger hunts and other activities that make that event even more purposeful and, and active, and it, it just it looks great. Right, and it really adds to that whole um, other world that you were talking it about. It does, it does. They have um, the Winona uh, Ryder couch thing, which they... The again, Winona Ryder couch. They, 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 <laughs> I can't remember her character in the show, but in her house, there's a... And they remember they put the lights all up mm-hmm. so that she could talk to oh, her Oh, it's son. iconic. Everybody they, knows that. Yeah, they have that whole thing set up where you can go and sit on the couch, and yeah, it's pretty cool. That's very cool. Now, another of these pop-ups was from Nickelodeon, where you could actually get slimed. Yes. Now, this was great, because the generation that watched Nickelodeon, when it was new, now have children of their own. And as parents, we wanted to share what we loved about our childhood with our children. Mm -hmm. So people flocked to these pop-up experiences, and in today's age, the internet was Filled with vlogs of them sharing their experiences with their children. That one was a huge smash. Yep, yep, it was. Uh, another one, uh, the marvelous uh, Mrs. Maisel TV show. Oh, I show. love that show. Uh, they held a pop-up experience in New York where they brought back the famous Carnegie Deli wow. in all of its 50s glory. Now, you've probably heard of the Carnegie Deli, but... It is no more. It has been shut down. Well, they brought it back. Uh, So a lot of people wanted to go just because it was the Carnegie Deli, regardless of the the show, right? But it only lasted for a few days, so it had a sense of urgency uh, as being a very temporary uh, promo event. And people lined up around the block for it. Even people that, like I said, didn't know about the show but wanted to experience the famous Carnegie Deli uh, that had been, uh, you know, around for so many years, was famous in its own right, but had been closed uh, many years before. They even had a branded food truck for the people that couldn't get in. Wow, um, that's cool. So very much a lot of things in play uh, as far as surrounding this, all promoting the marvelous Mrs. Maisel uh, TV show on Netflix. Netflix does a lot of these things. Um, but really, really creative, I thought, really, really good. Well, stepping outside of Netflix for just a second, not that Netflix isn't running the world right now, Mm -hmm. but there was a TV show that ran the world for a while. The Friends TV show had a pop-up event in New York City. New York gets a lot of these. Well, 
New York has a lot of shows. Hey, well, Atlanta's making movies. Atlanta's got a lot of shows now, too. <laughs> but a lot of Atlanta shows don't necessarily say they're in Atlanta. Yeah, that's true. Like Ozark. What? Anyway. Friends TV show. They have a pop-up in New York City where you could walk onto the set of the show, like different sets of the show that had been set up in empty storefronts. Right? Mm -hmm. So most of these temporary events were in empty storefronts that were rented for a very temporary amount of time. So it was good for commercial realtors as well. You know, use their available inventory, even if it was just for a short time. Yeah, a lot of times they're they're not building these places that, that, you know, are going to last. They know it's going to be temporary. So contact a realtor. Hey, what spots do you have available? I'll, you know, rent that. Borrow it for a short amount of time. It helps. It helps. Clear that vacancy. Yeah. Now, um, there are also pop-up events that host several different brands at the same time, like Candytopia. Uh, This event uh, has sculptures and activities that are all made completely out of candy. And it features several the different snozberries. Tastes like snozberries. Several different brands of candy, uh, and of course, they're all there for sale and, and and whatnot. So it's it's a super cool. Thing that is more than one brand. So if you make candy, maybe you could jump on board. I don't know. Now, uh, we can't talk about immersive experiences without talking about the digital platforms and VR technology. Now, um, there are several virtual reality experiences that are at larger expos. Like there was one that Reebok sponsored for the NHL. National Hockey League, for those of you from the South, uh, <laughs> uh, where you could actually go into a professional hockey game using this, you know, VR world. So you were stepping into uh, another world, the world of a professional hockey player that you actually could not be in otherwise. And it was sponsored by Reebok, everything, and it said Reebok and, and all of that. So that was a way that a brand got involved in these VR immersion experience immersion immersive experiences right a hockey game would be fun to be in now there are also a lot of immersive experiences that are on home units like the oculus Mm -hmm. uh, where you can go on safari and play with elephants or mountain lions something like that using the 360 video and vr technology a lot of these types of experiences are centered around education or entertainment um, you can walk into history and learn things just by being in the experience. I know that a couple of my favorite, you know, uh, 360 VR Oculus videos, if you will, were either the Cirque du Soleil. So you, it actually puts you in the middle of all the Cirque du Soleil action so that you get up close and see how they do everything. Yeah, they could be used as a recruitment tool for Cirque du Soleil. It's, Maybe it, you want to be an actor after this. It's a three-dimensional yeah. representation of everything that's going sure. on. You can look to the left. You can look to the right. Oftentimes, you can look behind you and in front of you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, the elephant one. National Geographic is amazing <laughs> on the VR. Uh, now, speaking of home experiences, there are also video game sponsorships that happen. Now, video games are not truly immersive either in that they don't use VR. You're not stepping into the world. But you kind of are. You kind of get lost in the world uh, that uh, you know that you're, you're playing in. Now, it's just a regular TV monitor, but there's these, you know, people get, get lost in it. Uh, if you want to see this, find somebody that's been intently playing a video game for like half an hour and touch them. And they'll jump out they of the They look like a hunted animal. <laughs> yeah, because they're in the game, 
right? So uh, video games are hugely popular and brands can buy billboards inside of gaming worlds. They can make their own skins or, or clothing for characters that are in these games like uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Uh, Nike placed their logo on the clothing that the characters wear in Fortnite. So it's Fortnite. You better not say it wrong or you're going to have a nine-year-old who's going to have to deal with. So uh, video games have started to use, you know, product placement very similar to the way that, that movies have too. So that's another way that brands can kind of get involved in. These. Yeah. Speaking of Fortnite, you just made me think of something that I experienced recently. I actually heard some political speeches coming from the other room while my son was playing Fortnite so even nonprofit organizations are buying sponsorships in these games. Um, well, I don't know that I think that's right. Um, I didn't say it was right. I'm just saying I heard kids, it. Kids, you know, kids play these games, and in using that platform to influence kids as to your own agenda behind the parents' back, mm, that's that's wrong. That sorry. That's wrong. That's the parents' job. <laughs> um, now, you know, trying to introduce them to a, a product is one thing, but trying to convince them to come on over to your way of thinking, uh, that's just over, that's over the line. Don't put propaganda in my kids' entertainment. Um, you know, but it's also in kids' movies and TV shows. Um, I just think the, the idea, the concept is wrong. Uh, they're not old enough to discern these concepts on their own. That's why they still live with their parents. So stop Ooh, it. sting. Yeah, but they also have live streaming events in these games with entertainers, you know, That's like cool. Chance the Rapper and others, you know, where labels are actually promoting their artists. Yeah, Star Wars created a huge scene inside of uh, Fortnite where they created a battle scene to promote the latest Star Wars movie. Yeah, that was huge. Lots of people waiting up all hours of the night just to experience that scene in real time. Yeah, so there's there's lots of really cool things, but the the whole political, you know, nonprofit thing. This it's so don't it's do that. very you know because I think especially in, in regards to Fortnite and what we're talking about with this political agenda sort of thing, you know, there's varying ages of children that play Fortnite. True. Generally speaking, they are teenagers and below. Now, I know there are a few grown-ups that are listening that are all about the Fortnites, and that's We have some fine. of them that work here. We do. <laughs> um, no judgment. But um, it's strange when you have, you know, <laughs> it's almost subliminal when a character is running through a world um, and their video game, and as they're passing by video screens, there's something on the video screen. And, you know, they can be hearing it and not see the video screen because they're walking in some other part of the video game. Yeah. So it's it can be quite um, shady. Yeah, and I don't care what it is that you're trying to say, whether your point of view is right or wrong. Trying to influence a young kid's mind behind the parent's back is just no. It's a little, it's a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, these experiences... Um, can also be used for retail immersive experiences, just like uh, we have examples of you know the the Reebok thing at um, the NHL Expo or or at festivals or whatever. Smaller events, smaller experiences can be hosted 
at stores. Uh, and then also on the business side of things, uh, there was a company that developed a virtual reality software that could be used for testing retail concepts and store layouts. So uh, what they did is they kind of built a store layout, let people go through virtual reality to see how they would interact with the products in this layout, and then they would test another one, all without having to build stores over and Oh, over. how efficient so, is that? Yeah. So this technology is is growing. It's being used in business. It's being used to create immersive experiences that can be used in a myriad of different ways. Okay, that's a lot. Yes. We're going to take a break <laughs> to hear from our sponsors, but when we come back, we will talk about the biggest, most known, most funnest types of immersive experiences. I was so nervous. I had never done anything like this before. It took courage, stamina. It was exactly what I've been dreaming of since I was a little girl. They were exactly what I was looking for. These aren't couples. They're business owners and customers talking about their journeys and business relationships. The study of relationship building has many parallels in both couples and business. Join B. Zachary Bennett in his new book, Married to Marketing, where he uses this comparison to walk through the process and commitment of owning a business and building relationships with customers and creating your story. Order Married to Marketing by B. Zachary Bennett today. Owning and running a business takes commitment. So much commitment you are married to it. And in that marriage comes responsibilities. If you don't keep her happy, if you don't keep him happy, you won't be in business for long. I tried to make it a quick read for business people. There's a lot of great content, but it's not war and peace. Your business is a marriage of company and consumer. And in that commitment, you are married to marketing. Married to Marketing by B. Zachary Bennett is available on Amazon.com in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Limited edition numbered and signed copies available on bzacharybennett.com or at Zachary Speaking Events. Order now. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Now we are going to discuss the champion. Of all immersive experiences, brrr, theme parks. Theme parks like Universal Studios and Disney have really become champions of developing these types of experiences, using brands as a way to attract fans. So let's talk about some of them. We went down to Universal Studios in Florida in preparation for uh, this episode. So we'll talk about what we saw. Uh, there were lots of different types of experiences uh, at the park. Now, one of the newest ones that they had was a live action experience called the Bourne Stunt Show. Brand new. Oh, Jason Bourne. Yeah. Uh, Bourne Identity. So it was a, it was a 8K laser projection and live play sort of experience. Super cool. Um, it is a virtually hard to like unexplainably awesome, hard yeah. to explain. So you know how, uh, if your TVs are fancy, they're HD. If they're super fancy, they're 4k. This was 8k. 
Yeah. This was super duper fancy. The um, the graphics on this. So it's kind of like a movie theater that you go and you sit in with your family. Nice climate controlled area. Yeah. But um, there is actually live action happening on the stage in front of you. So it's a cross between like a movie theater and like a play stage, like a, a theater. And uh, there's live action happening in front of you against a movie screen. And I swear, you cannot tell a lot of the time what's screen. real and what's yeah. not real. And this rotating uh, stage, it was it was super cool. And they also, I mean, they're flying over the top of you. In yeah, the they were in the rafters. And the, the stage itself was um, curved. So it did give you the illusion. It's not 360. You're not in a circle in the round type of thing. But it did give you kind of the feeling that you could look to the left and to the right of you. And you're in this world. Yeah. Now, it, it wasn't... Uh, you know, it started off. Most of these immersive experiences start in the in the queue, start in the line. So you know, you you walked in, you went through uh, the training facility, and you went. You had a debriefing room, and then they dumped you off in this theater where you experienced this. Now, to me, that kind of breaks the immersive experience part of it, but still, super cool. Oh, it was unbelievable to look at. Beautiful, super cool. very beautiful. Um, and then even they, when it experienced a technical difficulty. Yeah, true. Uh, then they have 4D rides. Now, I love these. 4D rides, for those of you that don't know what they are, um, you've heard of 3D, right? Well, these are 4D, which means they also have uh, things like um, uh, you know, air on your face and water coming from the ceiling, and um, you can smell things. And so it's just an extra dimension, uh, you know, reality to these immersive experiences. They had one for uh, Transformers, which super was cool. super cool. It was kind of a uh, 4D movie mixed in with a roller coaster. Yeah, thrill ride. Yeah. Uh, Fast and the Furious had one. Mm -hmm. Minions had one. Um, Don't just skip over the Minions one. And I'm... Okay, the first time Zachary ever probably remembers going on a 4D ride was... It was in California. California Universal Studios. We went on the Minion ride. Now, y'all don't know Zachary like I do. <laughs> He's not a real Minions fan. He's not like even a Disney animated movie fan. So dragging him on the Minions ride, he was like, fine, you know, whatever. We get in the Minions ride, and this one turns into an eight-year-old just shy of clapping and giggling like a schoolgirl. <laughs> it was fantastic. They're very fun. Um, it, you know, you're just sitting in a seat that happens to move a little bit. It doesn't really go anywhere. It just kind of rumbles, vibrates, um, maybe shakes well, it, so yeah, little. It goes in whatever's going on the screen. So if you're going on a hill on the screen, you could actually feel your stomach because your seat is doing the same movement. Right, but you don't so. actually leave anywhere. No. And you know, if you're going fast, there's a little bit of wind coming at you. If you hit something that has water, like you Spray said, water at you, yeah. super fun. And so we went to um, Universal Studios in, or in Orlando recently. He was very excited to go on the Minion ride again, and I don't think you were disappointed. I no. think you liked the... Uh, the uh, L.A. version a little better. I did. But he was still giddy as a schoolgirl. Yeah. But I, I love these things because they're so creative it's in, and so well done. Fine. They're just fun. Um, there was also several sections of the park uh, that were coupled with different uh, ride events. Um, Poseidon's Fury. But it's this whole themed, looks like Hercules uh sort of area of the the park so now the you know the vendor shops that are there have the same theme and the the merch that they're selling there and then also uh the rides they also had one for uh simpsons which was cool they had a, a, a you know 
a 4D ride. They did inside have those cantina. That. Um, yeah, they did. You they had a you, Duff beer was there. <laughs> so, uh, and then the creme de la creme. The creme de la creme. Harry Potter. Um, the wizarding world of Harry Potter and Hogwarts. Uh, Hogwarts mead. Oh my gosh, that was super fun. So, uh, Nerd Alert, I am a Harry Potter fan. And um, although this was all part of our immersive experience research for this podcast, I was stoked (laughs) to be able to go to see the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And um, I knew that it was going to be an immersive experience. I knew that it was going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, walking to get to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, I had to go through Poseidon's Fury, like he was talking about. And that is, it's like Greek mythology um, and beautiful. And I was not expecting it. So I guess the lesser known immersive experiences were still super awesome. But in Universal Studios, you have the um, Diagon Alley. Mm -hmm. Then you also have the train, the Hogwarts Express connecting Diagon Alley to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, the actual um, Hogwarts School of Wizardry. It is so awesome. It's yep. totally worth the money. It's great. And they have these 4D rides within these worlds, these sections of the of the park. Yeah, absolutely. What can you tell me about these types of resorts or, or theme parks? Cruise companies do it too. Um, they're building these attractions as a way to attract people to their business. Uh, what do you think about from the business side, not just the customer side, but the businesses doing that? Do you think it's working for them? It's definitely working for them. Um, uh, Universal, for example, where you vacationed, with their their collaboration with um, Harry Potter, the it truly, in many people's minds, saved saved Universal because their um, their attendance increased 30% immediately upon the opening of um, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And that with attendance, also revenue goes up. And you're looking at not just people coming into the park, but the immersive experiences that are inside those immersive experiences, which we may talk about later, with food and beverage and merchandising. Um, But the original Wizarding World of Harry Potter that opened in Islands of Adventure with um, the Hogsmeade theming was so popular they decided we need to expand this to Universal. They built Hogwarts Express to um, connect the two, connect the two parks and it's um, kind of interesting to stand on the sideline and inside Wizarding World and watch people come in to that world and they just are overwhelmed and it builds not only excitement to get there and a demand to get there but it also builds those memories that they want to come back and enjoy it again so it's definitely been for wizarding world has been a definite plus for universal and then of course those kind of things are happening at disney you know walt disney world and disneyland as well yeah, Disney just got done um, building their Star Wars experience in both, you know, both in California and in Florida. And um, people are saying it's the best one, the best experience, immersive experience that's available. I actually haven't been to that one, but I have a, a friend of mine that um, was actually on 
the episode before last that is a Star Wars fanatic. And, uh, and he actually went to both of them. <laughs> and he says it's great. I mean, if Star Wars is your thing. <laughs> well, Star Wars is many people's things. Yeah. And if you think about it, Star Wars has been around longer than Harry than Potter. <laughs> you know, back, you know, to the 70s. And um, the... The just like Harry Potter doesn't really have an age bracket, it's enjoyed by all ages. Star Wars probably is even more that way because you have so many people who are, you know, have grown up with Star Wars and have been anxious for every movie to come out. And so, the Hollywood studios at Walt Disney World, where the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was built, um the park has just been transformed by the presence of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and it is now the park that has the you know the largest crowds the most demand because of those new experiences yeah well the um with um Harry Potter uh you also get co-branding this way as far as that you know the park's going to push it but Harry Potter pushed it too we were watching um, you know, with with Blu-ray discs, uh, you get um, uh, videos that are from the internet, not just from the disc itself. And we were watching uh, the movie. I think we were sharing it with um, our son, and he was was getting ready to watch. It. And all of a sudden, we saw this advertisement come on for. Uh, you know, coming soon, Diagon Alley, and Jennifer and I, not the kid. My head exploded <laughs> all over the TV. <laughs> thought that's, you know, to go there and get to see it, and it, and it was. It was it was nice. Yeah, it was absolutely. I mean, I can't speak to the Star Wars edge of Galaxy's Edge. That I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Star Wars fan. We'll forgive you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. somebody else saying that. <laughs> I, I, I don't hate Star Wars. But I will say I was very excited about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. That's all I'm going to say about that before we get like tons of hate mail. <laughs> well, with with Star Wars and you know Harry Potter's getting to be the same way. Those of us that grew up with Star Wars, you know, I saw um, not Star Wars but uh, Empire Strikes Back in the theater when it first came out. And those of us that grew up with Star Wars now want to share it with our children. You know, my my oldest son is um, he'll be 18 this year. But he, he, he is, um, was, you know, indoctrinated into Star Wars early on. And uh, so he, it's now part of, you know, his experience and his life. And he, you know, I mean, he got all the books and all that stuff. So catering to those fans is smart. Yes. And this may be a little <laughs> off topic, but I don't think so. You know, Walt Disney's original purpose in building Disneyland Absolutely. was to give, um, give families an opportunity to experience recreation and leisure time together. He was used to taking his daughters to a park and watching them ride the carousel where he was to, you know, adults were not on the carousel. He would sit on the bench and watch. And his goal with building Disneyland was to provide a place where families could experience things all together. So these immersive experiences that are now coming out with, I mean, Walt Disney World and Disneyland have always been immersive to a degree with the theming of Frontierland, for example, and the, the attractions that are there, the music that's played, the types of food that are served there, the costumes that the cast members wear, but taking, you know, it's taking it a step further, many steps further, um, 
with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and over at Universal with Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but there is also a new immersive experience coming soon. It was supposed to open this summer uh, at Disneyland, but with the Marvel connection that Disney now has with, um, you know, with owning Marvel. Well, it's Marvel's Avengers Camp or Campus, and um, it's in... California Adventure, and it is going to be a way to immerse yourself into the world of Marvel with yeah. a couple of rides. Uh, you're already planning your dates, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that uh, Universal had an agreement with Marvel before Disney bought them. Correct. And they are, you know, arguing about that. But now at Universal, because we were just there, it's all comic book Marvel yes. as opposed to movie Marvel. Yes. Uh, but they're they're having a little tiff about how long do they get to keep using that brand. Right. Well, and Universal did have the original contract and that contract is still in place. But it, I think the word, I'm not the expert on the contract, but the wording of the contract indicated that as long as Universal wanted to continue and that they kept providing a an excellent experience they could keep that and they let that go i believe for anything west of the mississippi so that is the reason that you that disneyland being west of the mississippi and now with disney owning has the uh the option for building the avengers um you know the avengers and the marvel land whereas that's not going to be coming to Walt Disney right. World anytime soon because of the presence at Universal. Sure. I, I think that would be amazing to go into Iron Man's lab would be. You can't touch anything, Zachary. You can't keep anything. <laughs> yeah, you can't keep anything. Oh, yes. You can always buy things. Oh, sure. <laughs> at the end now of every ride. <laughs> oh, but that's different. part of the immersive experience, the merchandising that you can, oh, heavens, you know, yes. for example, at Wizarding World, going into Ollivander's and being able to have a wand choose you. That's part of the experience. Right, and right. who's not going to purchase that wand if it, you know, if it chooses them? Or At 80 that, bucks a pop. They sell millions. I know they do. But you you get to walk around um, Diagon Alley, and they have these little places set up where they can kids can use the wand and make things happen, which makes them think it's magic. Yes, it's all part of the experience, and we all uh, you know nerd burger out about it because you know speaking of the immersive experience from an adult perspective, I found myself in the middle of, I guess Diagon Alley. Because I think this was when we were at Universal. We weren't at Adventure Park yet. Or the... Islands of Adventure. Yeah. The other thing. Um, So I'm standing in the middle of this area, and I am just agape. Like, at the, the... amount of detail in the sets in the in the facing of the buildings um even shops that are not open now we did go during this covid thing so some not everything was open all the time but i do still think that there were business there were storefronts that were not really supposed to be open correct and the, the storefronts were just beautifully designed to the detail and i'm a graphic designer so i'm looking for the detail i'm looking for the seams i'm looking for the edges just because it's a Work the, hazard. the window dressings are amazing. I absolutely felt immersed. And the funny thing is, we went in uh, July, where it was hotter than the devil's armpit, right? But when you're in that area, you get a feeling of 
of fall, of autumn, of it being cool weather, of it being London or something where it's like yeah. overcast. But really, you're boiling from the inside out. That's because they hit snow on top of, on <laughs> top of the buildings. So the immersive experience really hits uh, when you when you feel, can almost feel your body temperature adjusting to what you see around you. It was very impressive for me. And these things, um, you know, from the, the brand perspective, not from the necessarily just the parks perspective, but... You know, now when the Harry Potter world comes out with a new movie, which I hear they're planning to do, uh, J.K. Rollins, right? Mm -hmm. She's supposed to be doing a new movie that is actually Harry Potter and not this spinoff that they're the Fantastic Beast or whatever, not that yeah. one. But um, because we have taken children there, they are definitely going to want to you know, experience that, that movie when it comes out and get all the merchandise. And, and of course they were all fighting about the merchandise before we even left, but uh, you know, it's all, it's all part of it. It's a win-win for both sides. Absolutely. And what do you, what do you see on your end, Lisa, as far as, you know, talk to us a little bit about your customers wanting to go to locations like Disney world and universal studios. Do they often talk about these immersive experiences as being the main attraction and reason that they want to go? Yes. Most definitely. Um, almost all of our Universal Orlando clients are going for the, re for the sole purpose of experiencing Wizarding World. The fact that there are other things to do to round out their day is a plus for them, but they would go to Universal uh, Orlando just to experience Wizarding World. And the same is true at... Um, you know, at Walt Disney World, we have clients who had, you know, waited until Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened. They they postponed their normal sure. oh, summer wow. vacation until, you know, the date that it was going to open just so they could be there for opening or just so they could be some of the first people to experience the land. And, uh, and you know, part of that, too, is the social media uh you know, bent for being the first to, of sure. your friends to yep. experience something, sure. but, um, and not only going, you know, going once, but going multiple times so that they can see all of the details. You know, when you first walk Absolutely. into a land like that, you're just overwhelmed by the grandeur of it and the overall theming. But then as you go back, you start realizing the smaller details that just make you a appreciate it more so definitely these... i could have gone another day just to stare at everything because i didn't get to ride all the rides uh in the wizarding world i didn't get to see everything i did get to experience butter butter, butter, beer. butter beer um super so amazing good. so good yeah did you try so. the butter beer ice cream it's also she tells me that good. now put that on your list for I next well absolutely yes but yeah absolutely i could have definitely spent a couple days alone in one area just because there's so much to look at and so much to do one of the really cool baby immersive adventures immersive experiences was the king kong ride because you know you have to wait in okay first of all the king kong ride you're on a uh, basically a tour bus right but before you get on the ride you're in this building where the line is and you got to go through this line and wait forever but the building is climate controlled and everything in it is controlled to where the lighting dims there's chanting there's a cannibal witch lady thing yep. that scared the bejeebers out of my nine-year-old literally had to leave the line <laughs> scared seriously 
scared him to death. He would not go on the ride because of the little love, uh, which which because of the experience in the line. Yes, yes, the yes. cues are as much a part of the experience Absolutely. as anything else. Um, and for uh, those rides and attractions that don't have a whole world, a whole land like Wizarding World or like Star Wars, where you walk in and you're just overwhelmed by everything around you. The story starts, you know, it's all about telling a story and then about you becoming part of the story. So as you are in that line, um, the one thing that I'm thinking of is Expedition Everest at um, Anim- Disney's Animal Kingdom. The, the, while you're in the queue, you're walking through the expedition office. You're seeing all of the backpacks and the mm-hmm. boots and all of the... Uh, the tools that someone needs to climb Mount Everest. And so they're building that um, that anticipation yeah, exactly. and also the story from the moment you get into line. And then the actual ride or the culminating experience is just the icing on the cake. Right. Absolutely. You're right. It's all about that buildup. Another great example of an immersive experience is at Disney's Animal Kingdom with Pandora, the Avatar-themed land. The um, it is beautiful. It is amazing. It was the you know the thing to do at Walt Disney World before uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge sure. opened and took so much of the attention, but. Just the attention to detail there with the, uh, they've just recreated this avatar land, you know, another wow. world. And the um, the ride, the, there are a couple of rides, but it's one of my favorite. Avatar Flight of Passage is possibly my favorite ride. Oh. At all of, so what I'm all hearing is, is that world. we need to take another company trip. <laughs> correct. <laughs> to experience this immersive adventure. That's what I heard. Because I, I haven't been to Disney Goodness. Last time I went to Disneyland was in 2003. And uh, the last time I was at Disney World, oh my word, like 2000? Oh, it's, it's time for you oh, to go back. It's been, yeah. Oh, it's so expensive. It's That's because it's amazing. Expensive. But it's amazing. Yeah. I have to say, you know, I, I have been complaining about prices because I've been trying to get my family to go to Orlando theme park somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I was even entertaining Bush Gardens, things like, you know, a little bit smaller scale. But I tell you, it was so cost prohibitive to go to Disney. And I think to myself, man, how do these people go so many times a year? Well, they get price breaks by maybe getting a season pass or whatever. But ultimately, I have to say, just with Universal alone, it's worth it. It is. It really is. If it weren't worth it, people would not continue to That's why it's so busy. How could you spend so much money on a ticket? Well, because it's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> now they also not only um parks but they have cruises too because people yes. love cruises and disney has this whole you could not make me go on a disney cruise because of all the screaming children that i'm sure are on board i will tell you that disney cruise line is not just for children oh. again here's an, a, another example but disney cruise line is different from some of the other cruise line immersive experiences is in that you know, Disney is all about entertainment. So they have infused their whole cruise experience with the Disney magic and with that Disney entertainment. The shows that you see in the evenings on other cruise lines are, you know, they may have fabulous singers and dancers that are doing their uh, their 
show productions. They bring in wonderful magicians, illusionists, entertainers. But with Disney, when you go to the show in the evening, it is a Disney production, and it is like going to the Fox Theater here in Georgia or in to Broadway to see a Broadway caliber production. And it's their their intellectual property. So they, you know, they are able to produce that and they have such uh, deep wells of entertainment, um, you know, goodness to pull from that they, they're able to, to just, there's just, just no to immerse to you. Right. Do. But then you also have the character meet and greets that are on the cruise where you, if you have a child that, is very much into princesses they have an opportunity to meet those princesses with a much shorter line than you might have at (laughs) walt disney world but if you have an adult who loves um tinkerbell let's just say it yeah tinkerbell or i happen to see i'm pointing at myself or (laughs) yes but the i mean you have all kinds of experiences that are available you might see jack sparrow on the beach at Castaway is that would be is amazing. amazing. So it's not all about you know children, but then they do have. But is it Johnny Depp? That makes a difference. <laughs> it's awfully close. I'll take it. It's awfully close, uh, but there are adult only areas of the ship where they have great nightclubs and areas for adults while their children are being entertained fabulously and very well. Uh, taken care of in the kids club so it's just immersive from the moment you walk onto the ship until the time that you get off of the well, ship you know you, th- you think about it um the most of these places are centered around collecting different brands together and disney world started the same thing you had you know the cinderella area the mickey mouse area you had the um the peter pan tinkerbell you know that sort of thing but now disney as a whole yeah, their catalog is, is its own thing Yes. You know, so... Um, Gosh, what isn't Disney? Yeah. Are there like horror movies that are Disney movies now? I don't know. <laughs> they don't fall under the Disney name, but on one, under one of the other brands, yes. Okay. I kind of feel like Disney owns everything. I might be thinking they're, of they're Google. There. <laughs> I don't know. Does Disney own Google? Does Google own Disney? Something's happening ABC. there. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's all connected. <laughs> what are some other ones that you, you might have had experience with? The, well, just a few, probably not as immersive as the ones that we've been speaking of, but, you know, for example, Viking River Cruises has, um, they were, whoever came up with their marketing plan to... It was me. To, oh, it was, it was you, me. okay, to, uh, no. <laughs> to advertise and to become a partner with PBS with Downton Abbey should be you know, very well respected at this point because their connection with Downton Abbey and the popularity of that show, everyone was watching the show when the commercials came on. They saw Viking River Cruises and it truly propelled Viking River Cruises, well, river cruising in general, but Viking River Cruises is a household name, whereas there are many other river cruise brands that are you know, equally good or even more luxurious than Viking River Cruises, but that marketing, you know, helped them. And so one of the things that they offer, which appeals to those Downton Abbey fans, is they actually have a post-cruise extension that you can, like, end a 
crews from France go over to England for a couple of days, and you get to visit Highclere Castle, oh. where Downton Abbey was filmed. So that's a level of immersion, I think. Um, like I said, the Sandals and Beaches brand with having that connection with the Sesame Street. Now, amusement parks like Six Flags uh, are different. Uh, they have activities that are branded by licensing. They have roller coasters and whatnot that are called, you know, the Batman ride or the Superman ride or whatever they, they license. But um, they aren't immersive experiences. There's, they're themed. Which is fun. fun they're parks. themed. But you're not going into a world. You're riding on something that they've decided to try to make look like Batman. Anyways, Zachary, we've come to this part of the show. What is today's straight shot? Um, well, immersive experiences are cool. That's the straight shot? Of course they, they are. They are entertaining and they are attractive to customers. Yes. However, if you want to be able to have one of these, you have to have a well-developed, well-established, successful brand. Now, if you do, that brand has value. That brand will attract people to almost anything. Immersive experiences are a marketing tool, and they have lots of benefits uh, for companies. But you don't have to be a global or even a national brand. You could be a local brand and still use this marketing tool in your location, in your local marketplace. What you have to be is successful and have a well-developed brand. Then you could do it on the smaller side. The prerequisite is being successful, having a good reputation in your community and with your fans, your customers, and having a well-established brand. Now, what if you don't? If you don't have a well-established brand, or even if you do, but you're, you're not overly successful, if that's not you, well, you can still use immersive experience to bring customers to your business. You just need to use someone else's brand. There is enough swag and costume and toys available that you could build a temporary Pokemon-themed experience or Dracula-themed experience to attract customers to your shop, store, or restaurant. Um, so it does depend on your business. It depends on your audience as to what will work. But the main thing here is that you have to think creatively. You have to think out of the box or hire someone else like an agency to think about it for you and develop an out of the box marketing strategy for your business. But these things can be done even at the, the local level. We talked about a, a bunch of you know really big ones. Um, the important thing guys is this is just a tool. It's a tool that you have to be, uh, have a successful brand or borrow a successful brand to use, but it, it can be done. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I mean, it helps to have a little bit of help mm -hmm. because we need to pull this thing off and we need to pull it off correctly. So it might behoove you to hire an agency or an event planner um, to get all the details right. Also, if you're already in the middle of running your business, it might not be something you have the time to dedicate towards yourself. So you might want to look to an agency or event planning uh, thing. And uh, as luck would have it... Reformation Productions is such an agency. We actually built, uh, for Napa, 
we built a NASCAR type event for children. Um, it was um, it was for children. It was for uh, an event at the the Boy Scouts, and we built this um, you know race car event. Uh, you see, cars Napa makes sense, right? And so, yep. So we made this um, this event where you race, you know, go karts. What are they called? The uh, Cub Mobiles is what we called them. Uh, we made these um, these race lanes, and you went through, uh, you know, a pit crew, and you came all. Anyway, it was a, a great a great experience tying you know the NASCAR world mm-hmm. into something that children could um, could participate in and become future yeah, Napa customers. Yeah, we had a, a little pit crew challenge thing as well, which allowed um, children to actually change a tire. Yeah. Life skills, people. Yep. I, I encouraged all the teenagers that I came into contact with to do it as well because nobody knows how to change a tire. All sponsored by the Napa brand and, and all of that. All NASCAR themed. Yeah, yeah but, but, but it played very nicely into the company and what they do you know, and the service mm-hmm. and products that they provide. So make sure that it makes sense for your business. Um, and like I said, if you need to, give us a call. We'll be able to help you out. So I guess that's our today's show, guys. That's it. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion on using immersive experiences for your business and your brand. Maybe it's gotten your wheels a-turning, thinking of ideas, things you might be able to do to promote your business either today or in the future. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. Right now it's August here, but that means that we are vastly approaching some cool holidays, <laughs> which will allow you... Winter Wonderland themed things. Oh my gosh, I wasn't even going that Frozen. far. I was going like harvest, oh, man. Yeah, f- <laughs> why is everybody, why you got to jump over the Halloween and the Thanksgiving? But yes, we've got Christmas, you know, then we got Thanksgiving, we got Halloween, um... Just to get you started, start with the holidays. And if you're, if you're concerned, because I know we, we talked about licensing, and if, if you're worried about, uh, you know, another brand, there's a lot of brands that are public domain. Dracula is public domain. Um, you know, Frosty the Snowman, public domain. So there's, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, frozen. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that's public domain. <laughs> it's a money monster, that one is. But does your company have something to do with shaved ice? Can you do something frosty? The snowman, you know, um, drag. Do you run a blood bank? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm stretching it here. I don't really know. Anyway, guys, like I said, that's it for our show today. Um, if you've enjoyed Straight Shot, please remember to like and subscribe. If you have a question about marketing or maybe a topic you would like for us to discuss on a future episode, please email us at info at straightshot.net or call us at 678-825-8086, extension 300. Well, thanks again, Lisa, for joining our show here with us today. Do you work with people that live in the Atlanta area only, or do you also uh, work with people that are looking to come to Atlanta on a vacation or getaway? Honestly, we don't do a lot of inbound um, travel. Nobody wants to come here, huh? Well, we have... We will book people to come. It's amazing how many people live in Georgia and never have done a Atlanta stay where they've visited all of the sure. the touristy spots and I the might historic be one of those spots. People. That um, so we could definitely do that, but primarily our you know focus is for our clients who live somewhere you know 
fairly close within driving distance to to travel elsewhere but we do have clients that live you know all over the united states we don't just because we're uh, positioned in north georgia and a few out you know a few out in the metro area and even out of state we you know we can work with anyone uh, that's here in the u.s well we've got people all excited about everything that we've talked talked about how would they get in touch with you yes well, they can visit our website, which is jjourneys.com, spelled J-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-S.com, um, to you know, connect with me. They can send me a message from there, and they can um, either I or one of the other fantastic vacation designers that work under the umbrella of Joyful Journeys will be happy to help. Vacation yeah. designer. That just sounds good, doesn't it? I just want to go somewhere. Seriously, sounds amazing. You want someone to to design your vacation? Yeah, I don't need. Yeah, I don't care. They can send me to Des Moines, Iowa. At this point, I don't really care. Just any get get out of here, man. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for the invitation. Until next time, guys. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast informative, we hope you'll pass along our web address straightshot.net to your friends, colleagues, and business associates. And please leave us a positive review on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash straightshot.